Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. It's been a long time waiting. 2010 was the last time Ferrari were able to claim a home win at Monza. But finally, 2019, Charles Leclerc in his first year with the team. He has got the win. The Italian Grand Prix ahead of the two Mercedes. Bottas in second. Hamilton in third. Crazy scenes. Sam, what did you think of Leclerc? I loved the race, and I thought Leclerc put up an absolutely valiant effort, um, holding off two incredibly mature, incredibly talented, incredibly experienced drivers in the in the likes of Hamilton and Bottas. It's no mean feat. Um, those two both know how to pressure, they both know how to win races, and they both know how to overtake wheel-to-wheel. They are two of the best overtakers on the grid. Charles Leclerc showed maturity through the years. He's only 21 years old and displayed absolute poise, for the majority of the race, uh, for 90% of it, I think he drove absolutely perfectly. And it was a standard performance. And so lovely to see uh, a Ferrari take the top spot once again at Monza. So, yeah, I think he did a 9 out of 10. There was a couple of occasions where I think he might have been a little bit too naughty for my own liking. Harry? In my opinion. <laughs> yeah, go on then. Um, Yeah. Is it is a bloody great race from Leclerc again? That's two races in a row that he's he's uh he's had a gearbox of uh, gearbox. He's had a Mercedes of his gearbox for some laps and more so this time around. Um, and he soaked up the pressure just about a couple of mistakes here and there. And like Sam said, it was uh, a couple of the moves were maybe on the line, but um, yeah, as long as he didn't go over the line, I think it was okay. Yeah, another great win for him. And he's cementing himself as team leader in that in that Feather outfit, isn't he? Yeah, that could um that could get controversial as we go forward, um, as to whether Leclerc will assume a number one role or whether they'll remain on equal footing. Of course, Leclerc with his win today going ahead of Sebastian Vettel in the championship. Um I d I don't think there was a point in the race today where there was more than two or three seconds between Leclerc and the next best car. Um, I think Hamilton was within within DRS range for a lot of that first stint, and when he his challenge subsided and Bottas came in, um, there was not more than about two seconds between him the the two of them, and of course Bottas did get it into DRS range once or twice as well. So Leclerc had that pressure on him from the word go. Um, yes, there were a couple of incidents where he went to the very limit and it's a matter of opinion as to whether he went too far and he went over that limit, um, at least with the 
breaking into turn four. He left a car's width to Hamilton, but it was pretty much anything more and that they're colliding anything less and it's nothing to talk about. So it was, it was right on the borderline. Um, yeah, it was, um, it was, it was a fascinating race and, um, it'll be interesting to see if Leclerc can take this forward at all. I am quite disappointed actually at how Leclerc defended a couple of times. Um, like I said, I think he ran a fantastic race and he deserves the race win. He really does. I think even if Hamilton did get past he would have immediately had the ability to get straight back past again the other way around. Uh, but you don't swipe a driver, especially at that speed, and that is what he did. Hamilton had to immediately hit the brakes on when when Leclerc cut the basically cut the curb um, on the when he locked up the brakes on the first car on the Ratfilia. Uh He cut across Hamilton. Hamilton had to back out of it, look for the other way around. That is a swipe. That's a Max Verstappen last year esque move. That is a blatant. I don't want to let you pass, so I'm going to do everything I can. Hamilton, if he misjudges that by a millimetre, Hamilton has his nose just in line with that back tyre, Hamilton's flying through a rubble trap. That is a little bit naughty for my liking. He already had a black and white flag to his name, which seems to have only been benefiting Charles Leclerc since it's come into play in the last two races, really. Um, and I think realistically that should have been the other half of the yellow card. I think he probably should have had a penalty uh, there and then. Uh, but of course, that was then combined with the first half of the black and white, where he essentially did squeeze Lewis Hamilton off the track onto the gravel. Previously, before black and white flags have been brought back into common use, that's a penalty there and then. That's a, a slam dunk penalty. There was not a car uh, width car width left on the track for the other driver. It caused him to possibly drive dangerously and have to take action off the track. Every other race, that's a penalty. It's not consistent. I genuinely think that Charles Leclerc has been incredibly lucky to not being awarded uh, at least a two or three second time penalty for the way he defended against Lewis Hamilton. And that, for me, it just needs to have, like, like we said last time out, really, a quiet word in his ear of going, just got to be careful with that, because if you keep doing it, there's either going to be an accident or you're going to lose out on a race win. Harry, hard and fair all the way? or Pardon? Hard and fair all the way, or was there... The second one is, yeah, definitely. I would have given the, the black and white flag for the second one. Uh, the first one, I think, was, was I don't know, it's difficult. And we saw it with Verstappen last year, he got the penalty, didn't he? Um, yeah, maybe if Hamilton had been fully alongside, because he was still behind him, we may have seen different, a different uh, outcome to that. But Hamilton sort of, when they hit get to the corner, they're about halfway alongside. I don't know. I think what they gave him was fair, but then they didn't give it for the second one, which they probably should have done. So, yeah, like Sam said, a bit inconsistent, but I think the first one was just, uh, it was on the line, but okay, second one probably deserved something else. I mean, I don't, I don't really understand what the whole purpose of this black and white flag is if you're not going to implement it. I mean, he was given the black and white flag for that first incident. Fair enough. That was the steward's decision. Okay. So at that point, he is on a warning. He was informed over the radio and it was, you know, publicly publicly broadcast over the, over the, um, on TV and, at that point, you have to assume that the next incident is going to be a penalty. Because if, if it's not, then what's the point in having a black and white flag? You might as well just not even not even have it there. Um, and then another incident obviously did happen. You had him skipping over the, um, the first corner, um, able to keep the position, um, which, you know... If you're not going to give another... If, if you're not going to penalise that based on the last one, then don't even have the black and white flag a whole system in place. There's there's no point in it. 
Yeah, um, my frustration with the cutting of the call and the way that the clergy and a few other drivers have done in the past is there is a runoff area there. If you don't make the corner, these drivers, as we saw Hamilton do, he, he snapped the front left and he went through the runoff properly as you should. Leclerc almost found a very comfortable middle ground where he didn't lose a position. He didn't really lose any time, but he also didn't have to take to the runoff zone, but then didn't get the other half of the black and white flag. So it was almost like, hey, you've jumped a curb. Fine, carry on. Um, if you, but the, the whole event is worthwhile of a uh, another half of a black and white flag. And I, I generally think the two together, yes, separately, probably not worth a penalty on their own, but the performance overall, I think at least worth a two to three second penalty. Yeah, I think um, they just need to be consistent. Like if, if they want, they need to set a precedent. If, if they want um, there to be no penalty for skipping over the first corner, then, then, then so be it. But they need to be consistent with these. And um, it just hasn't been the case once again. Um, Mercedes, they decided to pit Hamilton onto the medium tyres. Ultimately, they fell away quite a lot um, in the later part of his stint. He did end up getting the fastest lap after pitting with a few laps to go. Bottas waited a bit longer, um, went onto the medium tyres, but had fresher tyres at the end. Do you think Mercedes played their played their hand as well as they could have done, Harry? Yeah, I mean, we once Vettel had had his incident, which we'll touch on later. Um, he Mercedes had the 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 luxury of they can split their strategy. So with Hamilton, they went for the undercut, and then with Bottas, they went for the overcut, and it almost worked. It almost worked for Hamilton. He almost got past Leclerc on a couple of occasions. Bottas, oh, I don't know. I mean, again, he was just as close as Hamilton was come the end of the race. Um, but yeah, those tyres were go- getting towards the edge, towards the end. Yeah, I don't know what else they could have done. I just think the Ferrari was just too quick. Um, and they were caught in that turbulent air for too long, so their tyres just didn't last. Yeah, Mercedes, don't, I, don't, I can't see what more they could have done to try and outfox one Ferrari. But just Leclerc held on really well. Sam, do you agree that Mercedes did all they could? I mean, the first thing we have to give credit to is the absolute strength of that Ferrari power unit. The straight line speed that that Tafosi engine possesses is breathtakingly quick. Um, the fact that Lewis Hamilton had a double toe at one point, DRS open, and Charles Leclerc didn't have DRS, and he still didn't get past him is, you know, a real kind of off-the-cap moment to Ferrari for that impressive show. It's a shame that it won't apply pretty much anywhere else for the rest of the season, but a fantastic display of actual engineering from Ferrari. I think, as Harry said, Mercedes did absolutely everything they realistically could. I think the Ferrari, in terms of straight-line speed, was just too much for Mercedes. And undercut and overcut, what more could you really do unless you're going to work them perfectly together to give the double toe to try and maybe pink some manoeuvre Leclerc? It will end up being ridiculously complicated. They probably end up crashing or something silly like that. Um, I think Bottas bottled it at the end, but we'll go into that maybe a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, I think Mercedes dig as much as they really could have done. But Hamilton did say, can I have more power? So that maybe there was a little bit more power there and they're thinking of saving that power unit for later on into the season. It'd be interesting to see. But yeah, for me, Mercedes ran a very good race. The only complaint I would have is, well, two actually. Um, firstly, I think Hamilton should have gone on to the hard tyres. Um, I, I think going into the pits that early, um, it worked out that Leclerc had enough to defend with on those hard tyres that by the end of the race, they were far too good. And if Hamilton had stayed out there, there probably would have been 
double figures in terms of seconds between Leclerc and Hamilton. Um, and the only other thing I would say is I think they should have done it the other way around. I think Bottas should have come in earlier, um, perhaps goaded Leclerc into that strategy. And then Hamilton went longer. And I think he might have, and as you say, Sam, we will probably get into this. Um, I think Hamilton might well have got Leclerc at the end of that race, whereas Bottas didn't. Always, Obviously very difficult to say, um, but I would, I would suggest that Hamilton might have had a better chance of doing it. And um, it proved that that was the better strategy of the two. Um, and because Bottas was quite a few seconds behind Leclerc when Leclerc made his stop um, and the gap was much less at, at the end of the race. So if Hamilton had done that strategy, he might well have won it. Um, yeah, but I think Mercedes... They weren't quite able to do what they did last year, of course. It was a similar situation in that Raikkonen was kind of left isolated. Um, at that point, they probably didn't have the top speed advantage that they do now, so that uh, Raikkonen couldn't defend against Hamilton. Leclerc just about could. Um, but uh, it, they alluded to it at the end of the race, where these two Grand Prix have been so good for Ferrari in terms of their, their car suiting the circuit. And you think of this race... Mercedes have come away with it with more points than Ferrari. So Mercedes now can look forward to Singapore where theoretically Ferrari are not going to present much of a challenge. So um, yeah, I think all in all Mercedes have done all right from these couple of races. Driver of the day, Harry, who are you going for? Um, no, I'm going to go Leclerc. I was thinking maybe Ricardo, but no, Leclerc. Leclerc for me. Um, yeah, held on. We've spoken about his slightly dodgy tactics, but I think they were okay in the end overall. And yeah, and to have that pressure of Lewis Hamilton on your gearbox for pretty much 40 laps of the race, and then you're also in front of the Tifosi driving a Ferrari. Um, yeah, it's pressure that his teammate couldn't, couldn't handle. So yeah, he's my driver of the day. Sam? Uh, I have to realistically agree with Harry, but I'm not going to go down that route for the sake of not having the same answer to all of us. Uh, I'm going to go for his other answer, Daniel Ricciardo. Um, that Renault was surprisingly lightning fast going through the, uh, going around Monza. Surprising how little drag they have on that Renault. And um, it's incredible to see just how well both those cars did. Uh, Hulkenberg really struggling, of course, against uh, Albon right at the end. But Ricciardo did a fantastic job. He was light years ahead of, uh, of his teammate. Of course, slightly unlucky with the BSC was Hulkenberg, but Ricciardo just capitalised really well. So, I'm happy to say that Ricardo deserves driver of the day alongside Charles Leclerc, who I would have given it to had Harry not. Um, I would probably go for either one of those two drivers. Um, actually, no, I've just remembered Sergio Perez exists. I'm going to go with Sergio Perez. He had oh, a really enough. good race. Sorry, Sergio. I completely <laughs> forgot about him. Um, he had a very similar comeback to what Max Verstappen did. And of course, Verstappen did have the front wing damage that Perez didn't have to deal with. But of course, uh, Verstappen in a much, much quicker car. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Sergio Perez. Started well outside the top 10, took advantage of a few retirements in the midfield. Stroll, of course, getting involved uh, with Vettel, that incident, which we will speak about. Don't worry. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Perez. Some more, some solid points for the team. Um, and... As we have seen with Force India slash Racing Point over the years, they tend to get better as the season goes on, and it seems to be going that way again. It'd be interesting to see if, for the last stretch of the season, whether they can get towards the top of that midfield with maybe Renault and McLaren. And where there is a best, there has to be a worst. Harry, worst driver of the day? Uh, Semi-fair, yeah. We all know the, we all know the deal there. Just 
horrendous. Uh, yeah, I don't know much more to say. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Sam? Um, I have to entirely agree with Hattery. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, not often do I actually squeal in a Formula 1 race when watching it, but I immediately jumped to my feet with both hands over my mouth in disbelief of what we've just seen. Um, I think if that had maybe been on turn one of Hockenheim, where the corner speed is much more, we, we could have seen a possible another fatality there. That was an absolutely stupid... I don't, I don't care if he hasn't got the vision to look. He is a four-time world champion, incredibly experienced driver. He knows that if he can't see, and there are going to be cars relatively close to you, you've just got to wait and be waved on by a marshal or sacrifice beaching the car because it isn't worth another driver's health. Um, that, for me, immediately ruins him to be towards the worst driver of the day. And also, he just never really recovered from that afterwards. So, yeah, certainly there. Appalling, appalling race. Just say for a second, Vettel doesn't crash into Stroll as he rejoins the circuit. He still gets the worst driver of the day. Um, like I, I think that that bit, and I will get onto that as well. Like I, I really think that was inappropriate. But um, if you take that out of proceedings, I th- still think he was the worst driver of the day. Um, he was, he was really slow. He he made that mistake all by himself um, and dropped it there. None of the other top guys did that. And yeah, he paid the price. Um, he didn't really show a great deal of pace. I think he just about beat George Russell at the end, which says everything you need to know, really. Um, he wasn't able to take fast. I was thinking he might be able to take fastest lap away from at least Valtteri Bottas. I didn't. Once Lewis Hamilton went in, he did a fastest lap. I don't think he was ever going to take that away. But theoretically, Vettel, who pit fairly late on for fresh mediums. He should have been able to get the fastest lap and take it away from Bottas or Leclerc. He, he couldn't. So, um, yeah, a real poor one from Vettel. I can't. I can't disagree. Talking about Vettel, his his um, his incident with Lance Stroll. Of course, he beached it at Ascari, went to rejoin the circuit, clipped Lance Stroll, who then spun. That caused some sort of chain reaction because, of course, Stroll nearly drove into Gasly. Um, Sebastian Vettel. Do you think he should have been disqualified from the race, Harry? Please start with me. I thought you'd go with Sam first because he's got... <laughs> I know Sam's opinion. Um, oh, it's... Yeah, if you do, then you've got to get... You've got to bin Stroll as well. I know he, it wasn't his fault he got spun around in the first place. But, um, yeah, look, it's 10 seconds. I know his race was ruined anyway and he never recovered, but... You've got to set an example. It's, it's the example to the younger, younger generation of drivers. I just want to... Top top that by saying that driving standards all weekend have been horrendous. Like across, and even in F three, they they red flagged F three because they were doing the same thing they did in F one. Then we had the ridiculous shambles of Q three, which we'll get onto. Um, and yeah, even in the race, and we've talked about Leclerc, and yeah, I don't know. Considering recent events, I just thought driving standards were were bad, and this this sort of topped it off. Um, yeah, and I know he probably couldn't have seen, but as Sam said. You just gotta maybe just wait, get a marshal to push you out, or I don't know. It's just an instant reaction. He just wanted to get back in the race, and he did stop slightly to let the Renaults go through, and then floored it. But he should at least wait for his engineer to come on and say you've got a gap now. Get back on the track. Um, yeah, it's a silly one. As Sam said, it could have been a horrendous accident because Stroll did everything he could to get out of the way of it. Um, yeah, and then but then Stroll on top of that, having complained about what Vettel's just done, which was not good, then does the same thing. What? Are you, what? What's that about? Um, yes, yeah, so I'd put I put them both in the bin. 
we've seen black flags for less. So, yeah, I think him and Stroll should have been disqualified. Sam, I've got my popcorn at the ready. <laughs> what Obviously, do you think? After last week's horrendous events, where a car comes back onto the track, not through any fault of that driver's own, of course, but emerges back on the track at a high-speed corner and causes a fatal collision, possibly a double fatal collision, of course. We are still hearing news about the other unfortunate driver who is now in a coma in critical condition. That should send shockwaves to drivers on the grid, who all preached after that weekend. You don't know how dangerous driving a sports car is, how, how dangerous Formula One is. You don't understand the risks we go through every single week to put on this show. Then stay bloody true to what you're saying, because appalling behaviour from Sebastian Vettel, and almost worse from Lance Stroll. Lance Stroll got away from it. Lucky boy. Lucky, lucky boy. He then does exactly the same thing. If Gasly is faster through Ascari and ends up hitting Stroll and causes a massive fatality, life-long-lasting injury, any form of disastrous crash there, Stroll is almost more to blame than what Vettel is at that point because it's pure hypocrisy. Vettel knows better. Rather DNF your car, rather get off the track, rather wait for a safety car to be called. We have so many safety measures in the sport that you are a responsible adult behind a car at the end of the day. You don't drive at the, the, the kind of the opposite direction to oncoming traffic when you're moving over 100 miles an hour, regardless of what you're doing. I am genuinely appalled that there was no disqualification. There was no red flag. There was no safety car. There was nothing. Sebastian Vettel didn't even get a telling off over the radio. He got his penalty. It's the most severe penalty you can receive while carrying on racing. But to me, that isn't good enough. You need to give a message to other drivers and normal road users that this kind of behavior isn't okay. You will kill someone if you keep doing that. That happens on the wrong corner, another person dies, and it is just not good enough. Slam dunk disqualification. Slam dunk. It, I had no doubt in my mind the first time I saw the incident. I decided, okay, I'll wait for the replay just in case it was viewed slightly differently to what, uh, you know, if it, second viewing was slightly better. It wasn't. It was It was actually worse, I think. Um, it, was, it was a slam dunk disqualification, and I... I really thought that they were going to do it uh, and I'm really disappointed that they didn't because that just tells you that okay whilst you did receive the most severe penalty you can get minus a disqualification it, it tells you that you have to do something worse in order to get disqualified which I cannot understand what that would be because I can't remember the last time we actually had a disqualification and you don't want to see it but if it's needed, it's needed, especially in light of what happened last weekend. OK, Rouge is a quicker corner than Ascari is, but those cars are still going for Ascari very quickly. If you think how quickly the 20, 2019 cars go through corners, it's it's really dangerous. And Lance Stroll was fortunate enough, well, I mean, fortunate slash skilled enough to, to get out of the way of it in the first instance. So it was just a minor tap. Uh, rather than a full-on collision, but that was that was down to Stroll. That was not down to any kind of caution from Vettel. Um, and I, this is an incident where I, I don't think it really matters who you support. I don't think it really, really matters if you are a passionate member of the Tifosi. I don't think it matters if you are a mad Sebastian Vettel fan. I don't think it matters if you are a mad Mercedes or Hamilton fan. This is about safety. Safety trumps anything when it comes to fandom over a particular driver or team safety is the be all and end all and it's not good enough uh, and the stewards should have recognized that and 
gone forth with an action that represented what he did. Bear in mind, he nearly hit the Renault. He nearly hit the second Renault coming through there. It wasn't far off hitting him. And I don't. I think the only reason he didn't hit that Renault was because of luck. I don't think he stopped seeing that Renault. He's just gone for it. And, you know, like Sam said, vision or no vision, you need to be aware of other drivers on circuit. You have a duty in that respect. And Sebastian Vettel let down his fellow drivers today. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to pull any punches on this one. I think it should have been a disqualification straight off. Lance Stroll, I think probably a disqualification as well. Um, the only reason I say probably with Lance Stroll is because, first of all, there wasn't contact. Um, but you could argue that doesn't really matter in this instance. But more importantly, he did actually let a few drivers in front of Gasly go. He saw that they were there. He was stopped. He actually waited. Uh, there was a minor gap between whoever the car in front of Gasly was and Gasly. Uh, thought that there was enough of a gap there. Um, it's still it's still really poor judgment on Stroll's perspective. And I think there is a very good case for him getting a disqualification too. Um, he, of course, did receive a slightly lesser sentence than what Vettel did. Um, but yeah, slam dunk for me. No question about it. Disqualification. The only thing that annoys me more as well is it once again skewered inconsistency how many times are we going to see stewards give one penalty for one driver another penalty for another Lance Stroll yes Ben like you said he delayed his re-entry a little bit I don't care if you delay your entry for two minutes if you pull out on a driver doing that speed and possibly take them off the track or cause a collision you've done exactly the same thing Gasly has to drive so far around him onto gravel to avoid any contact that's more Gasly than it is Stroll in my opinion I don't, I don't understand why a Stroll doesn't get a 10-second stop-go penalty but just could drive through. For me, once again, inconsistent judgment by the stewards. Both drivers should be off the circuit for that race. And there really needs to be an example made out of this. We've had examples made out of big drivers beforehand. Hamilton being one of them in the past has to come down to this. If, Like you said, Ben, safety is crucial. It is, you know, all powerful in Formula 1. You have to stick to it. and You have to be harsh when something someone's life is put at risk. And that could have so easily been two, three, maybe four drivers' lives put at risk on one corner in a race. So, yeah, they, they need to be consistent and they need to be harsh when it comes to these things. And they weren't. So you're right. For me, both drivers should be off that track immediately. Um, I've just read that uh, Vettel's now only three points away from a race ban. That he's got three events to not get another three points, which would mean Giovinazzi would be in the feather. And look who's back in town, lads. It's only Marcus Ericsson. Go on, Marky Eck. Yeah, oh. so there you go. There's a positive out of everything in this. Yeah, that that is very interesting. Um, yeah, we'll have to see see what he does. He needs to be a well-behaved pheasant over the next few races. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hope no one hits the pheasant. Yes, indeed. Uh, so... Sebastian Vettel, his uh, his incident and Lance Stroll's incident wasn't the only uh, wasn't wasn't the only bit of poor driving over the weekend. We saw that in qualifying, every single driver minus Carlos Sainz, and I'm not sure about Leclerc, he might have made it as well. He might have made the line, but every other driver failed to get a second run in Q3 because they were too busy trying to back each other up, so they didn't have to tow the rest of the field round that Monza circuit. Um, Sam, what did you think of it? W was it right that no penalties were handed out? And what can we do to avoid these shambolic scenes again? I mean, I have no issue with penalties not being handed out there. No one's life was in danger. No one did anything technically wrong to another driver. They all just drove slowly, which if they're all doing it, 
it isn't dangerous. It's just frustrating. It was farcical. It was embarrassing. It was hilarious to watch for a sport that earns as much money as Formula One, that has as much expertise as Formula One, that has as much technical analysis and expertise as Formula One does, that they all drive around at half speed, all next to each other, waving their arms at each other for, no, you go, no, no, you go, please, no, you go. It, it was hilarious. And I'm glad it's over. But next season, we have to come back. I don't know, with maybe a different Q3 technique just for Monza, where teams are only allowed to go out in certain time slots two by two or something like that. And you get one shot at it because otherwise it's going to be farcical again next year. We saw it in F3 that got red flag for the same reason. And maybe the same should happen for Q1, but uh, for F1 rather, but, but something has to happen to stop that from happening again. It is just ridiculous behavior to watch. And, and we lose all that excitement. You know, Q3 is a fantastic moment in any Formula One weekend. And we lost it. We did not get to see it. Even Leclerc was frustrated and he was the man on pole. So, um, yeah, some, something needs to be changed to stop that happening next year. Otherwise, we will lose a lot of the fun that happens around the uh, the Monza Grand Prix. Harry, what did you think of the scenes on Saturday? Um, uh, I disagree with Sam. Keep it. It was great fun. I don't care that they get... <laughs> it's their own fault they didn't get a lap in. Um, yeah, it was a bit farcical, and they, they all look stupid. But so what? There's literally their own fault, and they didn't get a chance to go for another lap, apart from signs. A man, imagine if he stole, I know it wouldn't happen, but imagine if he stole pole. He was the only one left on a lap. That'd have been hilarious. Anyway, um, yeah, look, they'll, they'll learn the lessons from this year. They're not going to do that again. They'll go out a bit earlier on um, than whatever they went. They only went out with like one minute 40 to go, which was just not enough time because they're all waiting for each other to blink. So under normal circumstances, they'd be pushed for time. Um yeah, but look, it was silly, but I don't mind. It doesn't happen every, at every race of the year. It's just this one, and it was a bit funny, and it's only happened once. I know we saw it in F3, and I get that they red flagged F3 because that was all the drivers, and this is only nine of them. But, um, yeah, it was funny, but I'm fine with it. It's not going to happen again. Yeah, I, I can understand why no one was penalised, because essentially if – if you crash into another driver and you get a penalty for it, that is because you have hampered the other driver's race. Whereas in this instance, the only teams that they're affecting are themselves. You know, they're basically handing themselves a penalty with what they're doing. So there's no point in penalising them again. So, yeah, I can understand why there was no penalties handed out in that respect. You know, I, I, it's at their own detriment. It, they look stupid. And by proxy, the sport kind of looks stupid as well, which is a massive shame. And, like you said, Sam, the excitement was really taken out of that final two-minute Q3 rush. But it was it was their own fault, and they all looked stupid as a result of it. Um, I don't quite understand why, particularly someone like Stroll or someone towards the back end of that top ten, didn't try and go out a few minutes beforehand to just set a lap on a on an open circuit. Okay, you don't get the toe, but. At that moment, you are definitely going to get a lap in. You're going to be uninterrupted on that lap. And in case there is a late yellow flag or a red flag, you have got your lap there. Um, we saw last time out of Belgium, OK, the toe's not quite as impactful at Spa as it is at Monza. But Leclerc wasn't bothered about the toe. He said, you know what, I'm just going to go out and do my lap. I'm not bothered about a slipstream at all. I just want the open air. And he got pulled because of it. Uh, it'd be interesting if one of the other drivers out there um, decided to go with that same strategy, maybe went a minute earlier um, and might well have got pole. Maybe, maybe there was room for Hamilton or Bottas to improve. Um, and essentially with Hamilton and Bottas both there, 
one of them was going to get a tow anyway, regardless of what the other teams were going to do, because then, you know, one driver can tow the other. Um, I, I thought it was a bit ridiculous. I, I have to admit, I thought it was a, was a bit hilarious as well. But um, um, it, can, can, I, can I interject about one more bit of controversy, actually, that I don't think it's getting brought up too much? Um, just to compile the ridiculousness of what's been going on. Mercedes dummy pit stops. I mean, it's about the 800th Grand Prix in a row when Mercedes have walked out of the set of tyres and gone, oh, our car's driven past again. And we said we said that maybe they should box, but they haven't. Guess we'll go sit down again. It's getting a little bit silly now. And it's, it's against the rules. There is a rule that says you can't create dummy pit stops. I know. And if, so, and if Ferrari were falling for it every time, what well, other teams are falling for it, I'd be like, yeah, all right, fair enough. But they're literally not because they walk out and walk back in again. And then Ferrari like, or Red Bull are like, that's no. What an idiot. So yeah, I agree with Sam. It's a bit like that's a bit farcical as well. They should be perhaps the FIA should be a bit stricter. Be like you can't just come out and walk back in again unless it's a genuine mistake, which I suppose is hard to police. But I think it's happened enough now that genuinely, when they came out with those hard tires, I shouted at the TV, "Turn around, go away!" (laughs) Everyone knew you weren't gonna pit. And what a surprise a minute later, they all stumble back inside. Like lap 13, you're like, you're definitely not coming in on this lap. Yeah. Oh, damn, you had it all fooled, Mercedes. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, no. I, you came out with the tyres and then you didn't pit. Oh, boy. Yeah, I Good seen that one. one I haven't seen that one. I mean, maybe there should be a rule that you can do dummy pit stops. But if you do a dummy pit stop, the driver then isn't allowed in the pit lane for the next three laps or something along those lines. So yeah. there is a, there is a actual you know deficit to doing it. You lose something if you do do it. So uh, I do do. So um, yeah, like maybe something else needs to be written into it. But it's quite funny to see. And I think either the FIA now need to find Mercedes if they do it again. Go, oh come on, you know. Or another rule needs to be brought in. Or they just need to say to Mercedes, stop it, stop doing it now. You look fools. You look like a fool. Stop it. Oh, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it has happened a lot this season, the last couple of seasons, actually. Um, it is getting ridiculous now. Uh, moving on to the midfield, because we do like to talk about the midfield sometimes. I feel like they get neglected in the conversation at times. So we're going to give a massive shout out to Renault. P4 and P5 in the race, 22 points to their name. I think they've only got 65 for the season as a whole. So pretty much a third of their points this season have come from this one Grand Prix. Ricardo just about ahead of Hulkenberg. Well, actually, it wasn't. It was massive margin in the end, wasn't it? Um, so, yeah. They get a big advantage on Maka, who only pick up one point. Question is, Harry, do you think Renault can catch McLaren for P4? Uh, I don't know, actually, because I just... So, obviously, that Renault engine worked well, because it, it must work well, OK? It had good power. I just think their car's got no downforce, which, obviously, at Monza, makes no difference whatsoever, because you can go pretty fast. Um, yeah, we'll see what it's like when we get to Singapore, because that's a totally different circuit again. They... They can do. I just don't think Renault quite have the consistency of McLaren, although McLaren have had a couple of unlucky slash poorer races after the summer break. Um, yeah, and if Lando had had that fifth place in Belgium, we they might be slightly different. They can catch them. We've seen Renault before. They've built up momentum as the year's gone on. They've caught Haas in 2018, didn't they? Well, they overtook Haas. Um, yeah, it's doable. We'll see how it plays out. Maybe that car is finally improving, but I do think it was exaggerated by the lack of the you didn't need to have a good setup or a downfall setup for Monza which helped them Sam do you think this good form will continue no I don't 
I think uh, ma- ma- plain and simple. I think Mako have had their two dodgy races. I think that um, they were incredibly unlucky when it came to uh, you know, Norris's DNF in Spa and how they got that 10 points there. That would have been a massive jump for them. And then they, they cocked it up themselves, you know, this time out in Monza with, with the poor pit stop. And that, that sacrifice, they probably could have picked up at least sixth place with that. So that's at least 18 points they've dropped off. You know, if you then take those 18 points away, you know, Renault have only getting about four points in total there. I generally don't think that the rest of the season suits Renault at all. They're a car with very little drag, but also very little downfalls, whereas McLaren are almost kind of like... Renault are the Ferrari of the Renault engines, and McLaren are the Red Bull of the Renault engines, and the rest of the season is just benefiting McLaren. Even if they only score a point more every single race, I generally think McLaren overall are going to have bigger race pace and be that little bit more competitive this season. I just can't see it happening. McLaren have got such a strong driver lineup. Hulkenberg switching off as well, which doesn't help anyone. I, I just can't see it happening. I think McLaren will hold on. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think McLaren will hold on. This season has overall just been stupidly topsy-turvy with teams. I'm sure you, you look at last year and it was it was Mercedes that had good straight line speed and had the advantage at, at high power circuits, or at least two years ago. Uh, and that's completely flip-flopped. And you've got Renault, who were good at high downforce circuits. Now they're apparently really good at places like Monza and Canada with their Renault power unit. I I don't really understand how it's come to this. But yeah, um, I think the circuit did exaggerate Renault's potential. Uh, good to see... Yeah, good, good to see them do well, P4 and P5. Um, but yeah, unless they can get their car working at the likes of the likes of Singapore, where they need good downforce, I, I don't see how they'll be able to catch McLaren. And they have been really unlucky, McLaren. Um, Signs this season's had a few retirements that have not been his fault. Lando Norris, of course, had that incident um, in Belgium. It'd be interesting to see how quickly Valentino Rossi gets up to speed after his one point today. Um, so yeah, I think, um, yeah, Renault, McLaren, I'd, I would still edge towards McLaren. Renault are probably favorites for P5 now. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see if we get another Haas-Renault kind of conclusion, but instead of Haas, it being McLaren. And there you go, midfield. Don't tell us that we don't give you shout outs. We love you, midfield. We love you up at the midfield. Yeah, we we really do. It'd be very interesting to see if um, in 2021 we can actually get uh, the midfield fighting for more podiums and wins. But that's a discussion for another day. Um, Sam, do the honours, please. Uh, Honours are mine indeed. Folks, if you have enjoyed listening to us, then please stick around for quite a bit more. Um, We've got many more videos coming out, much more content along the way. There's many more races to come. So subscribe, like, get involved. We want to hear all your thoughts in comment sections where they're available. Um, Dig Vettel deserving his qualification. What about Lance Stroll? How do you feel about the safety of the, the circuit? And what about Charles Leclerc finally winning for the Tafosi in Monza? Um, please stick around. We'd love to have you. Thanks for joining us and supporting the channel. But in the meantime, I've been Samuel Sage. I've been Ben Hocking. And I've been Harry Eve. And remember, keep breaking late. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>